Well, good morning, gentlemen. We've had some uh, physical food. Now it's time for some spiritual food. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, again, in the four cores uh, of manhood that uh, Robert Lewis talks about in Raising a Modern Day Knight, you can, you can read that book. But he talks about accepting responsibility, looking for a higher reward, leading courageously, and rejecting passivity. And I've used those things in my life at times when I'm not sure where I'm at. It kind of gives me some bearings again. And, uh, of course, the Word of God gives us the ultimate direction that we need. But uh, I like those four cores. And James DeMello, of course, wrote the book Andrizo and, and uh, Play the Man by uh, <clears throat> Mark Batterson, all these different uh, authors, Ed Cole. Um, they're, they're giving us that roadmap of what a man looks like. There's lots of voices in today's society that are shouting, that are trying to tell us what a man looks like. And, of course, we talked about uh, the different men that we looked at, who, uh, that we idolized years ago um, in the different areas of our lives. You know, the, the babes, the billfold, the ball field, and the biceps, all that stuff. That's all world stuff. God said in Jeremiah, let the man who boasts boast in me that he knows me, not in his strength, not in his intellect, but let him boast that he knows me. Well, uh, I, in my preparation for this message, there, uh, somebody wrote it, I'm not sure who, but we talk about accepting responsibility. There's a response-ability. So in other words, when something happens in our lives, we have a choice to make. Are we going to just kind of let it slide, kind of stand in the background and kind of hope the storm passes over, <laughs> right? <laughs> Honey, you going to say something to him? It's like, yes, I will. When I feel it's the right time. <laughs> and sometimes the right time... It just kind of passes on, right? But there's a responsibility. And coming back to the Garden of Eden, uh, Adam had a, had a responsibility to lead and guide Eve, to uh, take dominion over the earth and to take care of the garden and, and to till it. And uh, as you know, some people have said that uh, when Eve was being tempted by the, the serpent to eat of the tree, that Adam was somewhere else in the garden, but the Bible's very clear that Adam was, who was, who was right with her, right with her. She gave some also to eat. So Adam neglected his responsibility in the garden, and we as men have that same temptation at times to neglect our responsibility. Uh, responsibility can be defined as the duty to deal with, accountability to, or blame for something. Required to do as a job, a role, or an obligation. Um, Jesus saw what happened in the garden, and his responsibility was to come to earth and to be a mediator between Father God and ourselves. Hebrews 10 talks about that. I'll start at verses 5 through 10. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. This I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. First he said, sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, here am I. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will... We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. 
So Jesus said, I'll go, Father. I'll make a way. I'll be the bridge. I'll be the atonement of sacrifice. I'll do it. So Jesus took on the responsibility of our, of our state in the Garden of Eden. Again, Adam and Eve represented us, but Jesus now represents us. And we have taken on the, the righteousness of God in Christ, <clears throat> which is really amazing when you think about it. Our, uh, our responsibility is not only for ourselves, but for our families, our church, our neighborhood, our job, our sphere of influence. It's intentional. Our responsibility is to stay connected with Father God, to receive from him, to be a conduit, to flow into our families, into those around us. And again, that's what uh, Pastor Tim was talking about this morning, is our, our, we are being transformed into the image of God. We are being renewed, equipped, and ready for another day for who knows what. And sometimes I've been anointed and appointed and prayed up and all ready to go. <clears throat> and I, don't, I didn't see a whole lot. And there's other days where I feel I got nothing, absolutely nothing, but I offer someone a prayer who comes into my office, and they leave changed. <laughs> it says so little about Randy and so much about God, right? Jesus, the ministry of Jesus in us and through us. You guys ever seen the movie Courageous? <clears throat> Love it. <clears throat> I've seen it several times. And at the end of the end of the movie, he gives a speech, and you can Google it. It's the I will speech in the movie Courageous. But he says, who's going to train up my children in the way they should go? Who's going to protect and lead and guide my wife? Who's going to stand up for someone else when they can't stand up for themselves? I will. Who's going to make sure that this gap in this uh, family, this, this struggle, who's going to fill that gap? <clears throat> I will. We can't do everything, but we can do something, right? We can't be everything to everyone, but for when the time says, it's your turn, it's your turn, step up and bring it. And again, it's not a, a, a cockiness, it's a boldness. Cocky is, is based upon ourselves and our giftings and our talents. <laughs> again, that, that's, that's ourselves based. But boldness, the righteous are as bold as a, as a lion. So what's that about? That's that Holy Spirit boldness that rises up within us to take care of business, if you will, to respond to that situation, to have that response ability. In Deuteronomy 25, God talks about taking responsibility for other people that can't help themselves. Uh, Naomi, who was married to Elimelech, moved out of Israel to the land of Moab, and while they were there, uh, she had two sons, or two daughters, or sorry, yeah, two sons. And uh, the, both sons passed away, her husband passed away, and she was destitute, and she didn't have any provision. So she ended up moving back to Israel, and Orpah and Ruth were her daughter-in-laws. Well, Orpah said, I'll stay with you, I'll go with you. And she goes, no, go back to your people. And Ruth said, I'll stay with you. Your people will be my people, your God will be my God. And she wouldn't leave Naomi, so they both came back. And then there was a, um, a provision in God's word. God, God said, look, if there's someone who passes away, there's no one to carry on your name. There's what's called a kinsman redeemer. What is that? I'm glad you asked. A kinsman redeemer is someone who is the next of kin, who buy, he can buy land, take on that, that, that wife uh, who is now a widow, marry her, and have children with her to carry on the name. So out of a destitute situation, 
there is a man who can step in and, uh, and say, I'll do it. And that's exactly what Boaz did. And Boaz didn't have to do that, but he chose to do that. He chose to, to buy the, the property from, from Naomi's husband, Elimelech, who has now passed away, and took Ruth as his wife and carried on the name. As a matter of fact, what ended up coming out of that is that Ruth was the great-grandmother of King David, who also became the ancestor in the line of Jesus Christ. Now, what if Boaz said, hey, I got enough going on. I don't need another mouth to feed. I don't need another wife. I don't need to go with all the hassle. I Let someone else do that. Well, that's what the first guy did. There was a guy ahead of Boaz who said, eh, I don't think so. Not if Ruth is included. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy the land, but not if Ruth is included because she has kids that could have a claim on the inheritance. So all that being said, uh, Boaz stood up and took responsibility for the situation that, uh, that Ruth was in. And as a result, <clears throat> the whole book of Ruth, the whole story there is, is something, again, you can read and refresh. So again, in accepting responsibility, there's a responsibility we have. And sometimes, as we talked about last week, sometimes you do it afraid. <laughs> so it's not the absence of fear, it's taking action despite fear. That's just the reality that, that we have um, to face as men. In the face of fear, we take action. Well, there's the other, the last one is the looking for a higher reward. We're not always paid on Friday in the kingdom of God. <laughs> There's not always a check in our mailbox. <clears throat> in the corporate world, we call that deferred compensation. <laughs> in other words, you're not always paid right now, but there's something stored up for you when you retire. There's something stored up for us. that The treasures in, uh, are stored up for us in the kingdom of heaven. So now I'm not saying that we go through this life broke down, busted, and disgusted. Oh, at times we are. Uh, we can say, God, you know what? I need, your, I need your provision. God, I need you to step up and, and, and provide for me. You are my source, not my job, not my parents, not my friends. God, you're my source. So in that... Um, God is reminding us that we are sowing into the kingdom of heaven and we don't always see that, that uh, reward here on earth. Now, he does provide for us. We do see his provision, his renewal, his strength, his blessing. He's our father and as our heavenly father, he wants to provide for us. How much do we want to provide for our own children and grandchildren, especially grandchildren? <laughs> so, you know, that's something that God, too, takes that responsibility to provide for us. We're his kids. <clears throat> So we talk about Hebrews 11, right? The hall of fame for faith. All these people struggled. We were talking about that in the early morning leadership, that we go through things on this side of heaven. No one is immune from, from struggles and, and situations, and our, our bodies sometimes act weird and, and uh, wear out a little bit. So, you know, by God's grace, there's been uh, some healings miraculously and also healings of doctors. I mean, knee replacements and, and all kinds of stuff, hip replacements. It's, it's amazing what uh, happens nowadays. But where I'm going with this is that God is our provider. And by faith, these men were looking to God to see them through the situations that they were in. How many times have we been up against the Red Sea experience, you call it? There is nothing that's going to change this. I am done. You're cooked. The devil says you're through. This is it. He helped you before, but not this time. And those are the experiences that God wants to show up and encourage us. And sometimes we're surprised. It's like, well, we're walking by faith, but we're surprised. It's like, wow, I didn't see that happening. I never saw that answer or that solution because God has creative genius. 
It's amazing. He doesn't do the same thing with each of us at the same time. It's, it's unique. It's a unique situation, and God has solutions for us. He has a way through. Well, Hebrews 11, 39 through 40. <clears throat> Talks about, all again, all the different men and women who've walked by faith. Verse 39, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. Well, that sounds encouraging. <laughs> None of them received what they were promised, okay? Here's verse 40, Hebrews 11. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And then it goes on into the next few verses. So therefore, someone said one time, a Bible teacher I used to have, when it says therefore, find out what it's there for. Thank you. <laughs> Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father of the throne of God. Consider him, consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men so that when you so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. At times we feel pressed, we feel stressed, and at times depressed. But God wants to get us through those situations, through the valley. We talked about that earlier again this morning. You know, when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death and it feels uh, feels horrible, you know, don't pitch a tent and start paying rent. This too shall come to pass. There are seasons in my life when I look back, I see God's provision. I see, you know, and when the Israelites walked through the Red Sea, they looked back. And as they looked back, Pharaoh's army was coming through after them. They're like, okay, well, we got to cross through the Red Sea. That's great. But now here comes Pharaoh's army. And God released the walls of water and they drowned Pharaoh and his entire army. Crazy stuff. That's exactly what happened. Just when you think, okay, well, I made it through that, but now... Now it's still not done. And God says, I know, I'm not done. <laughs> I'm not done here. I'm not finished. I told you I would take care of you. I told you I would see you through. Galatians 6, verse 9, Don't become weary in doing well or doing good, for at the proper time we'll receive a harvest if we don't give up. So again, when you break that down a little bit, don't become weary. And at times I get weary. I say, God, I got nothing today. He's like, okay, good. I'll, 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 I'll do it. <laughs> I'm doing it anyways, but I'll really do it today that you can really see what I'm doing in and through you. For at the proper time, God's timing is perfect, right? It's never early. It's never late. Sometimes we wish he was a little early. <laughs> it's just like, <clears throat> um, <laughs> you know what's going to happen? You know, even David said that. He says, God, if you don't show up, I'm going to die and I can't praise you from the grave. God, Seriously, I, if you don't show up, I'm not going to make it. And God showed up, and it wasn't David's time. It was, David, um, it's, it's amazing, his life, how God had worked in and through his, his life. So at the proper time, we'll receive a harvest if, there's that big word if, if we don't give up. So that's part of what Tuesday morning is. It's a shoulder to shoulder so we can become bolder. It's looking ahead. It's, it's, it's reminding ourselves of who we are in Christ. It's reminding ourselves, yeah, but. And someone said, yeah, you and your big butt. It's like, yeah, but. And that's what happened with the spies. Yeah, but there's giants. And yeah, but there's walled cities. And yeah, but we were like, like grasshoppers in their sight. Really? 
So we have to remind ourselves. My wife reminds me at times. I have to remind her at times. We remind each other at times in our discussions around the table who God is and who we are. And because we're related to God, he's our father and we're his son. Someone said, well, you know, Paul talked about himself as a servant of God. And he also said we're sons of God. That helps me keep it straight. I'm not a genius, but we're sons who serve. That's how we're both. It's kind of like you show somebody a quarter, there's a head and a tail. Well, which is, which, is, which is the quarter? It's both. We're a son and we're also servants. So we're sons who serve our Father in the kingdom of God. Last verse as we wrap up, 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. Paul's talking to Timothy. He uh, um, introduced Timothy to the faith and uh, <clears throat> mentored him, discipled him. And Paul knew it was his time to go home into heaven. So he's saying, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. Are you longing for his appearing? <laughs> it's not escapism, but this ain't our home, gentlemen. We're aliens. We're sojourners. I like that song that says, we're not home yet. This is not my home. So being faithful to God, rejecting passivity, leading courageously, looking for a higher reward, and accepting responsibility are four core things that helped me and still continue to help me on my journey to remind me, what does core manhood look like? And I love what Ed Cole said. If you want to know what a real man looks like, you look at Jesus Christ. Christ-likeness and manhood, they're synonymous. Well, that's a fancy word. They're the same thing. <laughs> they're the same thing. You want to know, and Jesus was tough and he was tender. And I've made mistakes in my life. When I needed to be tough, I was tender. And when I was tender, I needed to be tough as a father or as a husband. But I stand before you today, as Paul said, by the grace of God, I go. <laughs> so today, Tuesday, I think it's April 25, um, we're a day closer to heaven than we were yesterday, gentlemen. So remind each other, exhort each other, encourage each other with these words. You are on your way to heaven. And by the way, let's take as many as we can with us. <laughs> uh, somebody said it, you know, plunder hell and populate heaven. Wow, yeah, that's manly. Well, it's true. It's true. God says, by the way, it's not just about you. Continue to share, but with wisdom, gentleness, and respect, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, gentlemen, our time has gone so quickly, and uh, there's a couple of uh, questions here for us to discuss. I'll end with a prayer as we transition. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word reminds us that um, it's all about you. It's always been about you, Jesus. It will always be about you, Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you've given us the Holy Spirit to walk with us, a paraclete, fancy word to say, you come along our side. And in John 14, I believe it's, you said you teach us, lead us, and guide us into all truth. So, Father, we need truth. And, Father, I thank you that we correctly handle the truth in the Word of God by the Spirit. Father, I thank you that each man here will continue to rise up to do what you're asking him to do. And I thank you, Lord, for a time such as this, we were born. I thank you, Father, for the reward that is coming. 
I thank you, Father, for the opportunity and privilege of serving you now. In Jesus' name, amen.